right, guys, welcome to a brand new episode of SideQuest Podcast. Listen in and level up. I have a great episode for you today, but first, as always, let's get through the show notes. If you're not following the Facebook page, head over to Facebook, type SideQuest Fitness into the search bar and like the page. There, you're going to get updates on podcast episodes, articles when they get posted, and you're going to get a brand new taco recipe every Tuesday for Taco Camp. Uh, plus lots of other shenanigans and nerd talk throughout the week. So make sure you head over to Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram. My handle is SideQuestFM. If you want to see some cool videos and random stuff on Instagram as well, you can follow me on Instagram, same handle, SideQuestFM, or follow me on Snapchat, SideQuestFit. Follow me there. Send me your questions. Uh, I want to get all the questions from you, help you as much as I can on your fitness journey or your journey in life, whatever it may be. But head over to Snapchat, SideQuest Fit, follow me there. You get a little more personal, in-depth look at the shenanigans I get into throughout uh, every day. Uh, But I do love getting questions from the community, so please send them out to me. If you have not left a review for the podcast, please head over to iTunes. If you're not listening on iTunes and you listen on SoundCloud or Stitcher, leave a review there as well. When you leave reviews, it helps me move up the charts on the iTunes store so that more people can see and hear the amazing guests that I've had on and have on each and every single week. So make sure you head over there. And don't forget, if you haven't picked up your copy of The 7 Principles of Fat Loss, head over to sidequestfitness.com forward slash 7 principles and you can pick up your copy of The 7 Principles of Fat Loss. These are the same 7 principles I follow each and every day and teach my clients to help them shred away more body fat, unlock heroic strength, and just look better naked. So if you want to unlock strength or just look better naked in the mirror, head over again, grab those seven principles of fat loss, and start following those today. With 2017 right around the corner, that means you are starting to think about New Year's resolutions. Fitness and getting in shape is one of the biggest resolutions people make every year. But every year, halfway through January, Almost 30% of people have given up. They quit. Six months in, that number is even smaller, or people who are still going with their New Year's resolution. But why wait? Why wait until the gyms get packed in January? Why put it off until after the holidays? Start today. I still have a few spots open in my online coaching program. So if you're interested in losing fat, building strength, or gaining muscle this winter, Head over to SideQuestFitness.com slash coach and apply today. My program is custom designed for your specific goals. I'll tell you exactly what you need to do or not to do to help you finally achieve your goal of gaining strength, losing fat, or building muscle. You have constant accountability. I know what it's like to do this by yourself. It's dangerous to go alone. And most of the time, that's what you try to do in the new year. You try and do this alone. You hire a trainer at the local gym, but they only keep you accountable when you see them. And the real battle is out in the real world, not in the gym. The real world is where you spend the majority of the time. And with an online coach, you have access to me 24-7 to answer your questions and help you succeed in your goals. You can consider me your Gandalf guiding you on your quest. You also get access to a, an app that I use on uh, line that you can use on your phone. So your program is right there no matter what with videos to guide you through the exercises if you have any questions on anything. So if you want to stop feeling weak, unconfident, or depressed about how you look naked, then head over to sidequestfitness.com forward slash coach and apply today. And let's start kicking some ass together. Let's get your goals on track for the new year. And let's not wait until 2017 to get started. Let's start today. Let's start kicking some ass, shredding some fat, putting on muscle, or leveling up your strength today. So head over to sidequestfitness.com forward slash coach and apply. All right, guys, I have a great show for you today. My good friend Chez from livelikeyougame.com. Stops by the podcast and we chat about how video games have influenced both of our lives and how we see the world and how we accomplish our goals. Uh, Chez also has a great story about how uh, he sort of discovered this, how he started applying these principles to his own life outside of video games. Uh, He also works for NASA, so totally cool. We uh, chat about space and science and all that fun stuff. 
uh, as well. But we really delve into how video games can help you accomplish your goals outside of the gym in real life. So it's more than just sitting there and playing a video game. You're also learning lessons that you can apply to every single aspect in your life. But I'm going to shut up. Let's get into it and hear from Chez of LiveLikeYouGame.com. Step up and you got to get it fitness. Host Rob at the moment and the quest is you got to check in and wreck it. You're breaking personal records. And with the help of the guests, you won't be guessing on the lessons. That's a plus five fears. Got a low key bamf right here. You want to meet him. There's no better way to greet him than to strike a boss pose. Take a look into the mirror. All right, guys, welcome to a brand new episode. I'm super stoked for my guest uh, today. Uh, I heard of him first when uh, Ken from Dumbbells and Dragons had him on his show. And uh, since uh, Ken had me on a few months ago, uh, I've been listening to his podcast, love what he's been putting out. Uh, and I heard this guy and I was like, whoa, whoa, the name of his website is, is awesome. Like I have to, I have to go check this out. I have to listen and I love the interview. I have loved every single thing I have read so far. Um, and as a video game enthused, obsessed person, I knew this guy and I would be uh, friends very, very quickly. Um, but his website is called Live Like You Game. Uh, I'm a firm believer that video games can teach you a lot about life. There are stories more than just a mindless waste of time. They tell you stories. They teach you uh, you know, how to overcome your obstacles, how to get, you know, rewards, how to, you know, celebrate achievements. Um, they probably don't really teach you how to take down like giant dragons. Um, but maybe they do. I don't know. You know what I wish video games taught me? How to fold a fitted sheet. Because that's impossible. I don't, I don't even think a video game could teach you that. But, I'm uh, I'm rambling now, so I want to welcome to the show uh, the writer and owner of LiveLikeYouGame.com, Chez. Chez, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on, sir. Uh, I have enjoyed reading all of the material that you have on the site um, because you talk about how video games can help you uh, improve your life, how how they are actually useful. Because you know, I grew up, my dad thought they were a stupid waste of time. Um, and for me, I, I wrote an article about a year ago about how video games taught me to be a better leader. Like what I learned about leadership from, you know, running a, a gaming clan and, and doing practice for Call of Duty and all this stuff. And I think that beyond that, like, uh, I've said this before to someone, but I wasn't raised on video games. Video games raised me. So like the way I see the world and the way I think about solving problems and the way I connect to like, issues in my life are either through video games or star Wars. Like that's it. Right. Um, so how did you, what made you decide to come up with live like you game? Well, it really came, uh, from kind of a realization about my life that, um, you know, I, I had done, you know, kind of the normal thing in school. I was a pretty good student, you know, and got a degree and stuff, but, um, you know, kind of in my life, I felt this overall sense that I wasn't really motivated and um, I just didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And like I'd try things and I get discouraged. And, um, you know, that kind of led me down a path where I was unemployed or underemployed for about two years. And, you know, I kind of lost um, really any optimism that my life is going to get much better anytime in the near future. And, um, luckily I did get a better job and things turned up for me. Um, but even still, I kind of had this nagging doubt that that was the kind of person that I was and that I was never really going to rise to anything. I might slip back. Um, and that that was kind of just who I was, someone who wasn't motivated, you know, wasn't excited. Um, and that's kind of how I thought about myself. But then I kind of looked at what I was spending my time doing when I didn't have a job, and that was playing video games. And I realized that the way I was playing video games, um, it didn't match how I was living my life. So when I was playing video games, you know, I uh, like I was basically 
obsessive about achieving the highest that I could and achieving, you know, the kind of adventure that I wanted. You know, I um, like right when I graduated college and didn't have a job, that was right when uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic came out, which was like the perfect storm for me because it was an MMO (laughs) and it was Star Wars themed. And so I played that game so much. Um, I mean, there were several days I played for 16 hours straight. Um, and, you know, I found a, a group to do the, um, you know, the end game content with. And I was extremely consistent. And, you know, I would put in time and research into my character and all this stuff. And I kind of realized that what I was doing in the game for the game and what I was doing for my own life are basically opposites. And I started to wonder, well, why is it that when it comes to games, why am I so passionate and excited? And, um, and even when I'm not having fun, I will still put in work into video games. Whereas with my life, things are more important, but I'm still not, um, really putting in that kind of effort. And, so I did a ton of research and, um, you know, ran across some other work, um, by some people, um, you know, researching positive psychology, you know, which is, you know, the psychology of what actually makes you happy. Um, and basically coalescing all that, I've found just a ton of interesting things about, uh, people when they play games and video games specifically, um, that, really made my life kind of make a lot more sense. And then I just had to share it because it was so compelling to me that, um, you know, I was basically walking around, um, basically believing things that weren't true about my life and video games are what proved, um, those things wrong and proved that I was a much better and stronger person than I thought that I was. Um, and I, found that a lot of other people probably felt the same way. And so that's, uh, that's why I started writing. Was it star Wars, the old Republic that did that for you? Or was it another, another game? Um, I mean, there's been many games in my life that, um, kind of got me down to, you know, the obsessive borderline addicted path. Um, you know, back when I was, um, I guess it was for several years, but I guess I was around like 12 years old where I played RuneScape, uh, which was a, actually it's still around. Um, it's a, one of the big browser MMOs. Yeah. Yeah. I remember RuneScape. Yeah. And, uh, I won't go fully down that path, but, uh, describing the game, but, you know, at that time, you know, my parents weren't, uh, didn't allow me to play. And so, Uh, But I was so crazy about this game that even though I could only steal like a few minutes a day, you know, a couple hours on the weekend, I would just go crazy about this game. And, you know, at 12 years old, I would be on the wiki cross-referencing different uh, tables and facts and things. And then when I got in the game, I would like time how long it would take me for to run from one place to the other so that I could mine uh, coal faster to make money faster. So basically I spent my time just diving into optimizing how I would spend my time in the game. And, you know, looking back on it now, I put so much work and so much effort and I tried all these creative ideas and all these things. And, um, you know, all of that, you know, what I found is that gamers, they'll they'll acknowledge, yeah, I put all this time and effort into this game, but it's a total waste because it's a game. But really, all of that effort that I put into was, you know, it was experience that if I really looked at it, I could extrapolate it to what I was doing, you know, in my real life. You know, all that time that I spent, you know, basically staring at spreadsheets um, on a wiki, you know, it, that kind of laid the foundation for my understanding of, you know, um, you know, being detail oriented, 
um, you know, coming up with creative solutions, you know, putting in time and effort. Um, and, you know, now I use spreadsheets for everything, you know, and it's kind of, um, uh, and, you know, I think that a lot of people think that way that if it was in a game or for a game, that it doesn't mean anything, but that's not true. That's really just kind of, um, a public perception that games are a waste of time. And so that kind of blinds us to all of the amazing things that we've done that we can translate um, and transfer to uh, our real lives. So, and that's like, that's the thing that bugs me about when people think that, because, <clears throat> excuse me, you and I agree that like games sort of taught us what we could do with life. You know, it's RPGs and, the games I grew up with that I realized, you know, I was maybe this kind of makes me slightly a bit more evil because I like to play like mass effect, like sort of as the, uh, as the renegade and not the paragon. Uh, like I, I always play as the Sith, but I just kind of like that, that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason behind that is cause I didn't feel like I had a lot of power as, as a kid, you know, I, I felt you know, unempowered to, to stand up. I didn't stand up for things, but in the game, like, Oh man, I could, I could shoot someone with like force lightning. I could choke them. I like, I could do all these things that as a kid, you know, you kind of thought, man, I, I wish I could do that to this kid that's bullying me, but I can't do anything. I'm just going to let him bully me. Um, <laughs> but like learning that, that you have that power, uh, inside of you and that you, you play games the way you want to live your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess in a way, not that I want to like choke people or anything, but that like I want to have power. I want to realize that I have the power to make changes and to stand up and, d- and to do things. We know that. We've learned that. But games continually get a bad rap. They're a waste of time. They're this. They're that. Um, it's now interesting that my nephew loves Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Like, l- I mean, plays the crap out of Minecraft. And it's funny because now my my dad is like, oh, it's like, you know, it's just it's like a digital version of him playing Legos. And I'm like, where was this when I was a kid? Why was it? Why is it so cool for him to do it now and not me? Um, but why do you think games get a bad rap? Um, you know, that is an interesting thing. You know, it's like there's several things at play. I mean, first of all, it's you know, the whole generational gap kind of thing that, you know, whenever a new media comes along, you know, it's, it's for some reason, uh, people get scared of it and they, you know, and actually in a way I totally understand. Cause like, if you imagine, you know, being a parent, um, in the eighties or whatever, and, you know, you buy this thing for your kid, you know, you buy him an Atari and Nintendo, whatever, and they sit down and they play and they never get up from it. Like I can understand how that would be kind of disconcerting uh, because that's probably the first time um, that, you know, a generation of parents has seen a generation of kids get so engulfed in something that they would just spend all their time doing that one thing um, because, you know, video games are designed to kind of push those little, um, brain chemistry buttons. And if you're, if you're not like prepared for an understanding of it, um, it can kind of, it's, it can kind of get away from you. You can kind of, um, you know, kind of catch you off guard and you might end up doing things you don't really expect. Um, so I can totally see why that generation of parents would be scared of video games and, you know, not really understand it. Um, and another thing that I'll point out too is, you know, um, you know, politicians have used video games, um, as a talking point. Um, and as a matter of fact, pretty much all of the candidates this year, um, at one point or another advocated legislating against video games. So, you know, the distrust of video games really hasn't gone away. Um, but you know, another thing too, is that there are certain video game companies that actually want, well, they use 
the controversy around video games as a marketing ploy. So they will actually intentionally um, stir up a controversy about their game or make their game a little bit more uh, dicey um, on purpose just to stir up a media buzz and stir up um, kind of contrived hatred for that game because then they get a bunch of free media coverage. Yeah, and EA did that a couple of years ago with Dante's Inferno where they had like a they had a fake like protest group outside of E3 like protesting uh the the game or whatever and then like <laughs> someone found out and leaked it on like either Joystick or or one of those sites before Joystick went under um that uh that's what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, if <laughs> You know, it's kind of, a you know, some people in the video game community are, you know, basically spoiling it for the rest of us. Um, you know, a vast majority of games aren't um, violent or um, encourage any kind of negative behavior. Um, but, you know, just a few um, people that, you know, kind of twist things around kind of ruins it for the rest of us. Um, and then again, the, the next thing is that honestly, most gamers, I don't think even understand games themselves. And they really do believe that video games might be the cause of, you know, some of the issues they have with, you know, procrastinating too much or lack of motivation, um, and stuff like that. So, um, even gamers themselves, the people who are immersed in games, don't completely understand what role the video games are playing in their lives. Um, and so I think that contributes to um, video games really being very slow to um, come to the mainstream. Yeah. Um, but I think we're pretty close to getting there. Um, so I want to I go into that a little bit because I know you and I spoke about this before. Um, in a little, uh, side chat that, that we had before you came on the show, um, you've sort of done some experiments and quizzes trying to find out, you know, what gamers don't understand or, or what, what they struggle with. What have you found from that? Because I think many people would say, oh, well, they're, they're socially inept. They're, uh, they can't make friends. They're depressed. They, they don't like they're lazy. They, they don't understand how to work like this or that. Like what have you found that, that, you know, either gamers are lacking in or that are completely and utterly not true? Um, well, it's kind of funny. They, um, really the stereotypes, you know, about say, um, you know, being lazy or socially inept, those are untrue, uh, and there's been several studies. Um, you know, some of them are mostly like self-reporting surveys and stuff, so they're not the best science. But there have been a um, fairly consistent um, growing group of studies to suggest that people who play video games actually have some small benefits to um, social skills and confidence and things like that. Um, there are some things that, you know, the gamers should be aware of that, you know, the um, people who have, you know, depressive tendencies or have depression, um, they, um, they will tend to kind of, um, kind of latch on to video games. And if they use, um, and really, if anyone uses video games as a means to basically ignore their problems, then that can um, contribute to a depressive cycle that, you know, they will um, be retreating more and more away from their problems, you know, try not to face them and, um, uh, you know, in a way can start to make um, make their existing problems worse. Um, but there's nothing that suggests that, you know, playing video games, um, you know, in a normal, healthy way uh, is going to have a negative 
effect on your life. So how uh, would you define a healthy way of, of playing games? Because I, I like that you said, you know, people, they think that people play games because they're trying to avoid their problems. And I immediately thought, yeah, but people do a ton of things to avoid their problems that are outside of video games. Um, I mean, humans just, we all try to avoid our problems instead of facing them. Uh, I, I'm guilty of that myself. Um, but how would you define healthy gaming? Yeah. So healthy gaming is, um, the best way to ensure that you are, uh, gaming in the right way is if you kind of check yourself every once in a while and ask yourself, you know, why am I sitting here playing this game? Like, um, am I here because, um, I'm mad and I don't want to, you know, do anything about my problem. I just want to kind of forget about it. Um, or are you gaming with a positive purpose in mind? You know, sitting down to play a game to relieve stress for a little while is fine, but, you know, sitting down and, you know, playing to kind of drown out the voices in your head, um, for hours on end, um, that can be really, uh, that can be really negative and it, um, starts to make it harder and harder to deal with those issues. Um, and that's really what happened to me. Um, you know, when I was unemployed and, you know, I felt, you know, I had so many rejection, uh, letters that I, you know, I basically didn't want to think about, um, my career anymore. So I just played games and played and played and played, um, you know, instead of, you know, playing to just enjoy the game, you know, playing to have an adventure, playing to, um, you know, hang out with people. All those things are great. Um, it's just when you, you know, get into a video game in an effort to um, escape, uh, that's when you start having, um, that's when it starts becoming unhealthy. Yeah. Um, so I know in uh, her book, Super Better, Jay McGonigal mentions that's, you know, they sort of found that like 21 hours was sort of like uh, the the tipping point. Like once you went above that, that's where you started to see a lot of those, those negative sort of uh, things actually sort of happen where people do get obsessed and, and shut themselves out and stop being social. But that like up to 21 hours, like that's, it was healthy gaming. Most people live, uh, you know, a normal life, you know, still achieve their dreams, do whatever. But, um, you know, I, trust me, I, I remember back in the day when I was playing, uh, it was like right after the economy tanked and, and I had come back home. Uh, you know, I was playing probably 16 hours a day, if not more, mm-hmm. um, just mostly because no one was hiring. And it was like, well, I guess I'll just play call of duty. <laughs> um, but we've sort of talked a lot so far about like how games and games, you work hard for a goal and achievement. You're, you're playing world of Warcraft. You're playing not the old Republic. You're playing mass effect. You're playing halo. Uh, you're playing destiny. Um, I know that's sort of been the big game in the last like two years. And I was a cranky curmudgeon, uh, who did not buy the game because I, damn it, Bungie, you lied to me. That's all I'm saying. I got really mad at them. So I didn't buy it. No, I didn't buy it because like when they first were like showing all this stuff, it was like, oh, it's going to be like, wow, but sort of like with Halo and guns and you can have like 12 people like, and I'm like, oh my God, that would be awesome. Like my, our gaming clan could have so much fun doing that. Oh no, it's only like teams of three. And I'm like, well, why do you get me all excited? I don't want your stupid game now. Um, plus I started my business, so that's a game in and of itself. Um, but games teach us how to work hard and you grind and you, you level up and then you get to that boss and you take them down, you work together for, you know, at, with a team, where have you worked hard in a game, but like maybe in the not so in life? Like, um, well, I mean, really, um, you know, Kind of, well, this past year, you know, I've been writing for Live Like You Game and, um, well, actually the past two years I've been writing and the website's been live for about a year. Um, you know, and, you know, there were, there were times when, you know, I was writing really well and writing, you know, writing a lot, but there are plenty of times I was like, well, I don't really need to, um, write that much. You know, I don't need to post. I don't need to 
do that. Um, but you know, if I were thinking like a gamer consistently, you know, I wouldn't even be having that kind of train of thought, you know, cause when you play a game, when I play a game, you know, I'm, I want to optimize, you know, I want right. to make max. I want, you know, it's like, you know, I play a lot of Dota two and, you know, the way that Dota two matches work is, you know, your character starts out at level one and then over the course of the match, um, uh, you, your character levels up. It's like, you know, I don't think I have to explain Mobis to everybody, but you know, it's kind of, it's like in WoW where you level up, but instead of, um, doing all that over days and weeks and months, you have to do that over the course of a match, which can be, uh, less than an hour. Um, so every single second in that game counts, you know, every second, um, you either need to be, you know, uh, attacking, uh, creeps in the, in the jungle to get gold, or you need to be, um, going to another lane to try to help, um, do a sneak attack, or, you know, you need to be placing down, uh, wards to get vision and like every single second counts. And it's never a thought that's like, well, you know, I could get up from the computer for three minutes and come back and it'd be fine. You know, um, you know, when you're in the game, it's you're you're completely object objective focused, and you're not thinking along the lines of well, what what what's the minimum that I could get away with? You're thinking the opposite. You're thinking, oh well, I just finished that match. What can I do better next match? You know, where was I wasting time? Where was I, um, you know, wandering without a purpose? How can I cut that and do better next time? Uh, you know, so it's about, uh, for me, it's about, you know, recognizing those moments in my life where I'm, um, you know, kind of coasting a little bit where I'm, you know, where I'm letting myself, uh, go without a deadline or objective to meet. And I'm kind of just phoning it in, um, and kind of recognizing that I can take that same attitude and apply it to my life. And, you know, without stressing myself out too much, I can make my life a lot better um, and I can achieve a lot more of my potential. I, I like that you say that sort of optimizing. Uh, I know over the last few years, that's sort of been since Tim Ferriss uh, in the four hour work week, it's sort of been the big thing. Everyone's trying to optimize life and, and their body and, and, and everything else. Um, but I think even more so it's important that, that you sort of alluded to the fact that in the game, every single second counts and you're having to make those adjustments completely on the fly, uh, you know, within that one hour. Um, mm -hmm. So you're constantly having to analyze yourself. And I think that's something we don't really teach a lot of people today, especially with school, because even – even when I was in school, it was very much like, here's the, here's the lesson, here's the, your test and you're done. Like know how to do, know how, how one to one makes two and then you're good to go. Like you're just pressing buttons to get a result, but you're not really looking into you know, your own self or why you do things or, or what makes you do things. Um, and I think that's very hard for a lot of people to do once you sort of get somewhere where someone challenges you in that way, like a philosophy class, a, an arts class. Um, you know, that was, that was theater for me. And, and I think that's just a very good point that you cost you, it's hard to do, but it's something you kind of have to bring about in yourself is, is constant self analyzation or analyzing, um, and really making sure that where you want to go in life, you're on that right track and you're not just coasting. And I think a lot of people coast and they coast in their health and fitness. They coast in their business. I admit right now, I feel like I've been coasting a little bit with that. Um, and like, you're right, setting deadlines, um, deadlines are important. Um, especially when you're trying to do some sort of project, you know, it keeps you on, there's, there's an end goal and it keeps you accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's very important to have. All right. In that sort of sense, I think that like it, my net, one of my questions I had is, and, and feel free to answer this as well, but I feel like maybe that's, maybe we already answered it with that is being able to analyze yourself. 
Um, you know, and the question was, what lesson do you think video games teaches or teach us the best? And maybe we already answered that, but do you, is there something else you feel that video games can teach that or teach you about life, teach you about fitness, teach you about, uh, health, teach you about, you know, personal development. Is there one thing that you think video games teach above all? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to say cause there's so many different kinds of video games. Right. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's such a broad thing that, you know, there are, um, you know, there are certain lessons that you could learn from an action game that, you know, will never, ever, uh, you know, come up as an issue if you're playing Minecraft or something like that. Right. Um, right. You're, right. You're not, you're not going to learn a lot from Pac-Man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, except maybe to eat fruits, they're like eat fruits. Well, I mean, even Pac-Man, um, you know, that's, you know, the old style arcade games, uh, they were entirely about, um, I mean, they were mostly memorization if you wanted to achieve like the really high scores, yeah, you know, pattern about, recognition. Yeah. Recognizing the patterns and then just basically grinding that until it's muscle memory. Um, you know, but even then you're learning about, you know, if you die like 15 times a row in Pac-Man, you know, you were, you were learning about, um, what to do when you fail, you know, what, how do you react when you fail at something? And this is, this is one of the core things, um, about video games for me is that video games are so, uh, welcoming of your failure. You know, they will challenge you, challenge you until you fail. Um, and, you know, in many cases, designers um, of the video games, they will put certain points in the game that are designed uh, to make you fail, to kill your character, um, whatever, intentionally because they know that um, if the game isn't a real challenge for you, that you're not going to find it interesting anymore and that you might quit. You know, so games are literally designed to set you up to fail, um, but they give you the opportunity to try again and they give you the opportunity to, you know, show what you've got. Um, so for me, that uh, that might be the main thing um, that's true of almost all video games um, is that video games acclimate you to failure and they teach you how to um uh, you know, to take a failure and then learn from it, to immediately get up and try again, um, to pay attention to what went wrong and then to implement it. Um, and, you know, that's a, a skill that's valuable um, for anything you do in life to, you know, have the capability um, to bounce back from a failure and recognize that, you know, there were things you could have done to, um, to improve that, you know, that not every failure means that you're a victim or that you are, um, doomed to, um, you know, being a loser, but failure is how you learn, um, to improve and to get better and to achieve greater success later on. I, Chaz, I cannot agree anymore. Uh, it's, um, it's a conversation my wife and I have a lot because she's a she's a professor in college, and it's so interesting because uh, it, it there's this it's like there's this cloud of perfection that hangs around so many people, and I think this is true in the entrepreneurial space as well, and it's true in fitness. I mean, I see it with clients all the time. They're like, "Oh man, I failed, I failed, I failed." That's okay. Like. It, your first try is not going to be perfect. Your second try might not be perfect. And in all honesty, you might fail a lot, but the failures are where you kind of learn how to play the game. It's where you learn what to do and how to get better. Um, but there is this sort of cloud of perfection that like when you give someone a B, they're like, Oh my God, why, why didn't I get an A? What, what, what was wrong? Well, I'm showing you what's wrong. Like I'm showing you what, like, it's almost like being told they're not right. is sort of even worse than, 
it's, it's like the worst thing that could ever happen. Right. Um, and I guess we all have this pervading thought that we are supposed to be perfect and, and correct from the get go, but that's not really like no one plays a game perfect the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not on like, unless you're playing something super, super easy or you have a game genie, you know, like you're not, you're not playing a game perfect the first time. Like you're going to die a lot. Um, all right. So let's go to a couple of fun questions and then I want to come back to to some other, uh, gaming life things. Um, Mm -hmm. Chaz, if you could go anywhere in a time machine, where would you go? Ooh, time machine. That's, um, um, I don't know. I feel like, um, kind of the Renaissance area would be kind of nice. The time frame, just cause, you know, kind of seeing what, um, you know, the adoption of, I guess it was called the enlightenment. Maybe I'm thinking of that basically, um, that, um, the scientific method was, um, basically un- started being used and realized that you could apply it to almost anything. And, you know, kind of seeing the, uh, the, the change that would come from, you know, someone, you know, so many people that, you know, maybe they had problems and they basically just assumed that their problems were unsolvable. There were going to be issues forever. And then someone comes along and says, well, you know, we have this method, you know, we can figure out why your crops are dying or we can figure out why, um, uh, you know, why the economy isn't working the way it's supposed to, we can figure that out and we can make adjustments, um, you know, and, you know, kind of seeing that transition from a time that, um, you know, basically everyone was more or less spending for themselves to now, oh, well, as society, we can come up with solutions um, and we can solve problems. Um, I think that would just be an amazing time of like, discussion with people and like, you know, kind of seeing people's eyes open to like the possibilities, um, of what the future holds. Um, I don't know. I feel like that would be pretty exciting. Cool. Uh, what's the last new thing you've tried? Last new thing I tried. Um, um, I guess I've kind of tried, uh, cooking a lot more. Um, you know, most of my life, uh, I've been the, uh, the guy who takes something from the freezer and puts it in the microwave or puts it <laughs> in the oven. and, you know, I was pretty content with that. Um, and now I've tried just like kind of baby steps moving up. Um, cause I kind of always told myself that I didn't like cooking, but that's not really the case. It's just, I don't really like the time put into cooking. Right. Um, but I realized that, you know, if I can, you know, do a little bit of multitasking and like watch a video while I'm doing it or, you know, um, you know, work, uh, cook something with my wife, um, stuff like that, that it's a lot more enjoyable. Um, so, you know, a couple of times I've tried to make um, General So's chicken from some uh, Internet recipes uh, with varying degrees of success. Um <laughs> But it's pretty fun, and, you know, I bought some more chicken. I'm going to try again, uh, and uh, hopefully it'll turn out better than the last time. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll suggest that I, I, uh, my wife and I have been doing Blue Apron, um, mm. and uh, I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to compare a couple of these services. But it's actually not bad because you have the whole recipe, and we cook it together, so it's nice, um, you know, sort of uh, thing to do as a duo. Um, mm-hmm. but if you have like, they send you all the ingredients, you don't have to worry about any of it. They just lay out what to do with pictures. So, um, you know, try something like that. You know, you might find that, uh, it's nice to have it all right there in front of you and you just, you know, one, two, three, put it together and, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, we've, we've enjoyed it so far. What's the, what store would you max your credit card out at? Um, see um well there's well it kind of depends on how i'm feeling in the moment but i did go to a store that i um really enjoyed um called i think it was called marbles it was like this um 
this store that has a bunch of like um, science and education toys. Um, but, you know, they also have like board games and stuff that I love. Um, but that that store was really fun, um, you know, just because everything in there is about, you know, a way to do something that's fun that also teaches you something. Um, so, um, uh, you know, every, every game, like they had a game there that would let, that would help you teach, uh, help you learn how to code. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, all those funky little science toys, like, um, I think it was like a powder that you put in water and then it, um, creates these little balls that you can then bounce around. Um, just really cool stuff that, um, you know, as a kid, I always loved those. And for some reason they've never gotten old. And, um, uh, you know, those, those seeing all the creative ways that people have come up with, um, you know, ways to fuse science and fun, um, you know, it helps keep kind of that inner kid in me alive. Awesome. I love that. Um, all right. So we haven't, we're going to, we got about 20 minutes left. So we're going to venture back out of the fun questions. I didn't cover this at the beginning. Um, and I was kind of saving it for a little while, but we got into talking a lot about video games. Uh, you, sir, work uh, at a place that all of us nerds uh, and geeks would love uh, and are very, have, many of us have been fascinated by our entire lives. Uh, you work at NASA. Um, so can you real quick tell us what you do at NASA and has video games influenced your job in any way? Um, yeah, so I work at, uh, NASA's Kennedy Space Center. Um, so for those of you that aren't familiar, um, that's where all the shuttle launches, uh, were launched from and, you know, the Apollo, uh, missions, uh, all the lunar missions were launched from here, um, so what Kennedy Space Center's job is, is, um, you know, we don't design the rockets, um, but the, the rockets and the, um, you know, the payloads, uh, satellites, stuff like that, um, they get sent here in pieces and then we put them together. Uh, we uh, get them to the launch pad, we fuel them up and we send them off. And um so what I do is I do, um, uh, mechanical, um, mechanical design for, um, the ground support systems. Uh, so basically anything that has to do with, um, uh, getting the rocket put together, um, and getting, you know, making it so that workers can, you know, reach the rocket, um, to work on it. Um, things to do, um, sometimes with fueling the rocket or, or something like that. I'm a little bit, um, more distance from that, but, um, there's a lot of like platforms and lifting devices and things like that, uh, that need to get made just so that a rocket can be put together. Um, and most of what I do is around the new, um, the new system called SLS, which will, which is NASA's next uh, actual ex human exploration, um, uh, launch system. Um, so, uh, so I, I'm, you know, I'm kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. So I, I design like, like little handrails and things for, uh, you know, for workers so they don't fall off while they're working. Um, on cranes Dude, you still, stuff. you still work at NASA's Kennedy <laughs> space center. Like I, that's awesome. I mean, I'm not going to complain. Uh, I was, um, you know, there are some, you know, a lot of days can, um, are, will look like any other low level engineer, but then some days I get to, you know, go up in vehicle assembly building or go to the launch pad and, um, and there is a lot of cool stuff. So I'm not going to complain at all. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, there are some more exciting things going on at NASA, um, I am lucky that I get to um, see it from time to time. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so, have video games sort of influenced you? Uh, you know, since you have to sort of design these things and and move them, is it? Have you found that you optimize things? Since that's sort of what you did very well in games, or or what have games sort of taught you for your job? 
Um, well, you know, being an engineer, you know, one of the, the big things in my job is safety. You know, what can I do to make sure that people are safe, make sure that equipment um, is safe? And, you know, it's it's a process that is, you know, it can be very dull because you're basically crossing T's and dotting I's. And then you're going back and doing that twice, three times around. Um, and then you still might find, oh, I overlooked something or there was a situation that I didn't think about. So it's, um, you know, it's a, a job that I have to, you know, I might be working on something that I think is very simple, but at the end of the day, there might be someone who's actually relying on that thing to save their life at some point. Um, so for me, you know, with, what I've kind of realized in that job is that I really need to be as creative as I can. I need to be as diligent as possible. Um, you know, there's a lot of times that things that seem like they fall outside of my job description become my responsibility. Um, so, you know, I kind of do have to think of myself, um, you know, as, you know, what would I do in a game if there's a problem, you know, you know, like when you come across a new boss in an MMO or something, um, maybe it's one you've you've never encountered before. You know, there's so many like mysterious things that that boss might do that you don't know about and you're not prepared for. Um, you know, so you have to be constantly aware of what's happening. You know, tiny little details that can get lost, um, things like that. So I kind of try to think about, well, if this was a problem in a game, you know, what would I be doing? You know, here's a piece that I don't know about. So I need to go and I need to talk to an expert. You know, this is a calculation that I'm pretty sure in, but I need to get it double checked. Um, you know, it's just that mentality of I'm going to do the very best that I can. I'm going to tackle the problem from every direction that I can possibly think of. And then I'm going to go get some help and have some people pick apart my work, you know, to make sure that I'm doing a good job, you know. So it's kind of that, you know, aggressive problem solving that, um, um, that I, you know, kind of developed playing video games that, um, you know, helps me do that a little bit better every day. Awesome. Um, I got a couple more questions on, uh, on a few pieces that, that you've written. Um, mm -hmm. And you wrote one that I really loved uh, about like sort of like what your gaming history reveals uh, about you. If you were to tell us your gaming history, uh, is there something that would surprise us in that gaming history that would reveal something maybe we didn't know about you? Um, I don't know. Off the top of my head, nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, well, what would your gaming history reveal if you, if you were to list like? your five, you know, favorite or five, like most played games, what, what would it reveal about you? Um, well, I've played a lot of MMOs. Um, you know, I played a lot of RuneScape. I played a lot of Rift, which was kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say the word, the term wow clone, uh, but that'll get you close in the right direction. Um, I played a lot of the old Republic, um, Probably my, um, and then probably my two other favorite games are um, uh, Portal, which I oh, so I, good. I, I wrap Portal one and two together. Um, yeah, I could talk nonstop about Portal. Um, and then also a slightly newer game is called um, Divinity: Original Sin, which is another RPG. It's a, a turn-based tactical. Um, RPG that has a lot of it also has a lot of kind of dynamic story elements in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess you know in in every game, um, kind of the thing that I always fall back to is you know I usually um, you know I always end up playing you know the the mage character you know the wizard that has you know control powers and can throw fireballs and stuff like that. And, you know, I've kind of realized that, you know, that's kind of how, like what I think about with those characters is, 
you know, they're the ones who are kind of staying back from the action a little bit. Um, you know, they want to see see the whole battlefield, see everything that's going on. They want to avoid as much risk as possible. And I kind of realized that's kind of how I try to live my life, that I, I'm very risk averse. You know, I don't want to put myself out there too much. And, um, you know, so it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, um, you know, I don't really believe in personality flaws. There's, the, there's <laughs> the, the quirk. Good, there's a good part of your personality, and then there's the kind of um, opposite side that comes with it, or the part that you don't quite see how it fits in. You know, being risk averse means that I, I am very, um, you know, I'm very aware about taking smart risks. You know, making good decisions, stuff like that. Um, so I think that's kind of, you know, just by describing, you know, the character that I play, you can kind of get an okay picture of who I am as a person. Um, you know, uh, you know, I keep falling back to playing that wizard because that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be in control. I want to be, you know, away from where people are getting stabbed and, you know, away from (laughs) all the dangerous areas. And I want to be in control and I want to make sure that I'm making good decisions and stuff like that. It's so um, funny that you say that because I'm like, oh, man, when I played Skyrim, I had a sword in one hand and I had spells coming out of the other. Like I, I do that as well. But even with like Call of Duty, man, I'm like straight up in the middle. Like unless unless when I was leading as, as the leader, I, I hung back because um, mm-hmm. there were people who were so much better than I was. I just running into a place with a submachine gun and clearing it out. Um, yeah. So I was like, you guys, you go handle that. Because if I throw a flashbang, I'm flashbanging myself. Um, <laughs> it's the worst, the worst. Uh, but yeah, I, I now this is an interesting question. Maybe I'll do like a solo podcast episode on what uh, my gaming history would reveal about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, So another great article you had was about gaming and hesitating and being hesitant to do things. And in the entrepreneurial world, if you follow someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he's very much like, action, 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 take action, do it now. Like you don't wait, just do it now. Just go. I'm very like in the past, I've been very hesitant in games. Um, speaking of, you know, I just mentioned throwing a flashbang. Like I throw a flashbang and slightly hesitate and then flashbang myself. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I've seen that in some ways in my life as well, but what steps do you take to prevent hesitation? Cause your article was about, you know, like, don't, don't hesitate. Like in games, you got to do, you got to go after it. You know, the same thing with life. So what do you do to prevent hesitation? Um, yeah, so one of the things that's um, kind of unique about um, or kind of sets video games apart from the real world is video games let you operate um, without um, without a bunch of additional stressors on your life and without expectations and things like that. So it allows you to make decisions solely based on the problem in front of you. Um, you know, cause in a video game, you don't have people telling you, Oh, well you need to get a girlfriend or, you know, you don't have people telling you, uh, you should have, um, you should have gotten, you should have put your resume out for this internship. You know, you don't have those, you know, external things that are, um, you know, putting extra pressure on your decisions. Um, so you can make decisions, um, based on really just the facts of, uh, what do I need to do? You know, what am I trying to accomplish? How can I best do that? Um, you know, and, but in your real life, those stressors will add on like a layer of fear and a layer of doubt onto everything that you're doing if you let it. Um, and so that can kind of paralyze you. And, you know, you can have an opportunity come up and, you know, by the time you've realized that um, it was a good opportunity, um, it's already gone because you've just been stressing out about it. So for me, when I have a decision, especially an important decision, you know, I always ask, well, why is it that I'm waiting? Why haven't I pulled the trigger yet? And if the answer is, you know, a self-doubt or a fear, then I realize that I'm, I'm 
that I'm not making a good decision by hesitating. Like I'm, I'm allowing something that's not a fact to influence, um, uh, a decision. And, you know, that can, um, uh, you know, it's, it's very, it's extremely difficult because yes, life and video games are, are different. The decisions that you make are different and life does have a lot of emotional consequences and things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I have to ask myself, you know, am I being realistic? Am I resigning myself to a loss before I've even really tried? Um, and, you know, I found that by thinking in those terms, thinking about, you know, um, am I basically just being a coward right now or am I making a wise decision? And most of the time it's because I'm being a coward, to be honest. And it's kind of recognizing that has helped me to be a less hesitant person um, and to, you know, be a little bit more aggressive and, um, you know, jumping on opportunities when they come up. I like that answer. I like that answer. Um, Chaz, we've been chatting for almost an hour now, chatting a lot about video games, life, how they can help improve. Uh, so two final questions, then I'll let you uh, tell everyone where they can find out more about you and, and whatnot. Uh, if you could write a note to your younger self, what would you say in only two words? Um, I would say procrastination kills. Um you know, uh, kind of along the lines of what we were talking about that, um, you know, a lot of the mistakes that I made, they weren't because I made a bad decision. It was because I refused to be decisive, you know, and refused to, um, you know, recognize that I had opportunities in front of me and that if I had just put in some time and uh, did the best that I could, um, that I would be a lot further in life than I am. Um, you know, so, um, you know, having, you know, I think if I was younger and someone, you know, a little bit more stern with me about how much I procrastinated, I, I think that would have done me a lot of good. I, I love that you, that you were the first off, you're the quickest person to ever answer that. Uh, but, oh man, it's so true. And I, well, and I, and, and I, I'm, I'm a huge procrastinator at, at times, uh, with certain things. And it just, it's, it's something you have to work at getting better at, but it's good that you recognize that. Um, well, I have, right. to, Go ahead. I have to confess that, uh, I, I did prepare for that question. I've been listening to your podcast a lot. <laughs> and honestly, that was the one that, that was the question I was most afraid of, uh, to, um, to be sitting here umming and awing while I was thinking. So I just had to give myself an answer. So, I, well, thank you. I'm not as smart off. as I sound sometimes. <laughs> first off, thank you for listening. Uh, but uh, hey, you did your research. There you go. So uh, you did not procrastinate uh, mm -hmm. in that sense. Um, Ches, what are like? What are the three games that you think every gamer, like even if 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 children pick up, and not that like young kids are listening to this, but like what's what are three games that every gamer should play in their life? Oh, three games. Um let me think. Um you know I think you know Minecraft is has been the hot game for years now and you know it, it kind of deserves a lot um of what it gets. You know it's um, you know, it shows what's possible in a virtual world that, you know, you can have endless possibilities, um, you know, especially with modding and stuff like that. Right. Um, and, you know, it's even maybe even more than that, it's it's an opportunity for people to express themselves, um, to be creative, you know, in their own way. Like in Minecraft, you could be creative artistically or you can be creative you know um i don't know like an engineer that you can you know come up with uh you know creative um uh creative ways to solve problems and you know creative mechanisms and things like that um 
so Minecraft is, is really uh, high up there. Um, Mass Effect is one of my um, favorite series. And, you know, it's, um, for me, it was one of the few uh, games that I really got involved in the story and the characters. And um, for me, I was really obsessed with the uh, Mass Effect 2. And I think, uh, yeah, I played through that game probably 10 times. And, uh, <laughs> and I probably would have um, played through it more if, um, if I had the time. But, um, you know, that was that was a game that kind of showed me how it was possible in a game to um, have a story that I was really interested in and then have player decisions that are meaningful. Um, you know, there's there's a, there's some debate about how meaningful those decisions are or whatever. Um <laughs> grand scope of things but still the experience of being able to play that game with um you know to be a part of the story and to make decisions um on a big scale um was really great really advise mass effect um gosh the third one i want to say portal again um because <laughs> i i really am pretty obsessive about portal um and like, actually, when I first moved um, into an apartment of my own, the first thing that I made for myself was I made a um, a uh, a replica. Well, it's kind of hard to explain, but at the beginning of every portal level, there's the sign that shows you the number of the level and then shows you um, uh, the obstacles that you face. Right. I made a replica of one of those to put in my apartment um, as I walked in. You know, so I was, um, Portal really inspired me and showed me, um, you know, again, that it shows the possibility of what video games have to offer with, you know, basically bending reality and, um, you know, having a story, you know, and, you know, conflict where you barely even see the characters, but you see the story and you hear the story just from an interesting uh, artificial intelligence talking in your ear. Portal is so good. It's so good. Um, all right. So we're a little bit over an hour, about a couple minutes, but I want you to, uh, uh, to finish up here. So Chez, uh, if people want to know more about you, where can they find you online on social? All right. Well, you can always head to live like you Um, that's, um, that's where you'll find all the other connections, um, and whatever I'm up to, um, currently, um, on Twitter, I'm at live like you game, um, on Facebook, um, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of getting that up and running, but, um, you'll be able to search live like you game and, uh, find it there. Um, and, uh, yeah, just anyone who's interested in uh, hearing about video games or have suggestions. Um, I'd love to hear feedback and I'd love to hear stories. Um, so you can connect with me uh, there. Awesome. Well, guys, I will have all of that uh, over on sidequestfitness.com, uh, and you can find it just by clicking on podcasts and scroll down till you find the episode with Live Like You Game. And everything we talked about, you can find in those show notes, uh, links to his articles, links to livelikeyougame.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and whatnot. So Chaz, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I've had an amazing time getting in the chat with you uh, and look forward to, uh, to even more. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Robbie. Step up and you gotta get it fitness. Post Rob at the moment and the quest is you gotta check it and wreck it. You're breaking personal records and with the help of the guests you won't be guessing on the lessons. That's a plus five fears. Got a low key bamf right here. You want to meet them. There's no better way to greet them than to strike a boss pose. Take a look into the mirror.